she might throw a book at me. Like she hates me. Okay. She got in my head and I feel like it jacked up my performance and no one probably noticed it, but I did. I did not have fun. Like once I started like obsessing over her, <laughs> and, and getting really judgmental about what I assumed she had going on. I mean, it ruined the fun for me up there, no doubt about it. This is a Soul Fire production. You're listening to episode 161 of Yes And, and this episode is brought to you by Advocare. Guys, this company is one of my favorite supplement companies in the game right now. And what a good time to take a look at your health and the supplements that support your health as we sort of enter a new year. Uh, but listen, don't pay full price when you do that. I've got a code with Advocare because they are a podcast sponsor. So make sure you jump on over to the show notes and check them out and use our code FEELBETTER15. That's FEELBETTER15 to get discounts and support this podcast when you do. And listen, if you want to try before you buy, we are giving you that chance. All you got to do is jump into iTunes, leave a review of the podcast, screenshot that review, email it to me at hello at judyholler.com. And listen, we'll send you some of my favorite AdvoCare products right to your doorstep. And guys, Take me up on this offer. We really are sending you products. So check out Advocare, link in the show notes, and use Feel Better 15. That's Feel Better 15 to get some discounts. All right, y'all. Yo, I am so excited about this episode, um, but I'm really excited about something I have going on. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to just open the show with this announcement because it is officially coming. You have asked for it. And, and it has been on my heart for about, I don't know, five years now. Um, and this year marks the 10 year anniversary of me LLCing my speaking business back in 2013. Oh my gosh, how much has changed. Um, so I, I think divine timing that this is the year I'm going to officially launch speaker school. Okay. Um, uh, so let me break it down for you. I am in the process of building the course out right now, and we are going to start enrollment this spring, but here's what you need to know right now. Number one, get yourself on the wait list so you can be the first to know when doors open and you can officially get registered. Um, you can do that by clicking the link in the show notes um, that says, get on the wait list for speaker school. You can come over to Instagram and click the link in my bio and get yourself on the list there. You can send me an email and I'll put you on the list. Like you just let me know, but get yourself on the list. So he here's the cliff notes. What is speaker school? It is going to teach you the business and that's important. The business of speaking. There's going to be a lot of people that'll teach you performance and how to speak. And I'll certainly touch on it and talk about what I do, uh, you know, from how I get booked to what I do when I get booked to techniques I've used for, for years on stage. Um, but this is going to be about the business of speaking. You know, the Dalai Lama has famously said that the women of the West, are going to rule the world, baby. And I am here for it. But what's going to make that a lot easier is to get the women of the West up on those stages. And I remember one time, Mel Robbins, yes, you're right. I did name drop. Uh, she famously told me, you know, listen, we need more women on our stages. And I could not agree more. And I want to help you do that. So I've spent 10 years building a speaking business. I've grown that business to seven figures. I have kept that keynote business alive through a global pandemic, two years 
of a global pandemic that shut down live events across the world. And I've learned a lot in the the decade I've been in business. I have spent well over six figures investing in my business and coaches and courses and platforms and programs all to help me run it. I have failed. I have won. I have learned so much. And I'm going to share it all with you from building the business to finding the business to what to do when you actually get booked to all the templates and contracts. and processes that are used to sort of keep my business moving, you know, I'm going to share it with you. So if you're interested in building a speaking business, or if you're interested in the operations behind a speaking business, because you believe speaking could enhance what you're already doing in the world, then this is going to be the course for you. I am going to start enrolling in the spring, but you know, I'm starting to talk about it now because I think this is the big part of putting anything new out into the world. We got to talk about it. We got to claim it. We got to begin. We got to ask for what we want. And that is a big part of what we'll talk about in speaker school, especially as you think about building a successful speaking business, right? You're going to have to put yourself out there. So what does that look like, right? So I am modeling that behavior for you right now, and I am so excited about it. So get yourself on the wait list. Reg is opening soon. I promise you won't be disappointed. See you in class. All right, y'all. So today here on the podcast, we've got a leadership track, okay? And every week of every month is going to have a different theme. We're going to start off the month with mindset. We're going to then move into leadership. That's where we are right now. Next week, I've got a dope episode coming your way about uh, creativity. And I'm going to be talking about the false gods. The false gods we worship that get in the way of our creativity. Ooh, so buckle up. That one is juicy. Um, and then, you know, in the last week of the month, I want to talk to entrepreneurs who are yes anding their way through building businesses, right? So today, leadership. That's our that's our theme. And when I was thinking about what to talk to you about, the theme of regret the word specifically regret kept coming up for me because I think so many of us stay safely in the space we're sort of comfortable in, right? So we do things the same way. Um, We've always done them because that's the way we've always done them. And I think that there are some bad habits, some naughty habits we pick up along the way that keep us there, that keep us stuck, safe, basic and just the same. And what you have to remember is that fear loves this shit. Fear loves mediocrity. Fear loves when you are in this place because when you're in this place, you're not changing. And see, fear hates change. Fear hates when you change. Fear wakes up every single day with one job and one job only. And that job is to stop you because see, if you change, you will grow, right? You will grow up and you will grow bigger and you will get stronger. And when you get stronger, (laughs) you don't need your fear as much because you start to make moves, right? You start to open doors. You start to ask for what you want. You start to put yourself out there. You start to bet on yourself and trust yourself and trust your instincts. All of that shit is going to increase your tolerance for pain, which means you don't need your fear as much. So fear flips the fuck out and tries to do everything it can to keep you safe. So today we're going to talk about it. 
We're going to talk about some of the traps. We're going to talk about the traps that will guarantee you one thing and one thing only, regret. There's going to be seven of them. And as we break each one down, I want you to write it down because I want you at the end of this podcast episode to have a list, right? And I want you to put that list on your computer, on your laptop, put it on your phone, whatever you want to do. Put it in a frame. I don't care. Put it in a, a, take an expo marker, a whiteboard marker, and write it on your mirror in your bathroom, right? I want you to, I want you to be really aware of these seven traps so that when they show up, you can go, aha, aha, I see you. That's fear. That is fear. You are here trying to stop me from evolving and becoming the next version of myself that I deserve and that I was designed to be. So there's going to be seven traps. I want you to write them down. But for now, I want you to receive that. Trap one, procrastination. If you want to guarantee regret, keep waiting. Keep waiting for permission. Keep waiting for confidence. Keep waiting for fear to go away. Keep waiting for other people's approval. And keep waiting for someday when you have the time, when the kids graduate, when you have the money, when you live in that city and have that boss and get married and do all the things, right? Like procrastination is your body telling you that you need to do a couple of things, okay? You need to either delegate something off your plate because you're in too deep with overwhelm, or you need to make a damn move. So if you are procrastinating, step one is to figure out, okay, why, right? Maybe you need to brainstorm an idea more. Maybe the idea is crap. Maybe you don't like the project you're working on. Maybe it needs more finessing. Maybe you just need to move faster and be less perfect, right? Procrastination is perfectionism wrapped up in the skin of a lie. So maybe, maybe we need to move faster and be less fucking perfect. Reps. Reps are what you need. You need the first draft, the first speech, the first kiss, the first job, the first gig, right? The first version of anything in order to learn, to grow, to get better. So when procrastination shows up, know that it is fear and that your job is to work to figure out why. And I have found that the best way to shut down procrastination is to move faster and be less perfect. Number two multitasking. Okay. There is a common myth, um, that great people can multitask effectively, but I'm calling bullshit. Why? Why? And hear me when I tell you this, your fortune is in your ability to focus. That's where your fortune lives. So if you are multitasking, babe, you are not focused. So you are going to lose your fortune. So I would highly recommend deciding what your goals are and and, and deciding what's most important, what's most profitable, what is the most joy-inducing right now. And those are great places to start if you're trying to figure out what your goals should be. Um, and then schedule time to focus on them. That's the real secret to manifesting anything the fuck you want in life, right? Deciding, number one, okay, what is my intention? And then boom, action, giving your intentions attention. It isn't multitasking. It isn't a bunch of tabs open. It is focus because that is where your fortune lives. All right. Highly effective habit of the regretful number three, they avoid failure. Avoid failure. Uh, people ask me all the time, 
how do you get up there and do that? You know, how did you write your book? How do you do improv? I could never. How do you speak in front of all those people? And again, it kind of comes back to the reps. I have learned how to move faster and be less perfect, which has increased my tolerance for pain. And improv theater and that mindset is totally responsible for this because we are trained to fail and to fail fast in order to get to the action faster. And in improv, it is not about the best thing or the perfect thing. It's actually about the next thing. But so many times we miss the next thing because we are afraid to look stupid, to fail, to get it wrong. But this is actually the best part. This is the magic, right? This is where your best stories and lessons live. So seek it out. Seek out failure. Become obsessed with it. Study it. Keep detailed stories about your failures, right? Because failure is going to do two very important things. Number one, it's going to teach you how to overcome that failure again in the future when and if it happens. And number two, you are going to learn how to deal with the psychology of failure. So let me give you a quick example before I move on to number four. I was given a keynote. I wrote about this in my book, Homeboy. Here's my homeboy. I was given a keynote about five years ago to a thousand people and all the technology went down, like all the tech went down. I lost my slides. I lost my tech. I lost my audio. I lost my notes. (laughs) I lost everything. So after I sort of shook off the mini panic attack I was having on stage in front of a thousand people, I sort of salvaged myself um, and got my shit together. But only, only after stopping my talk, telling everyone to take a break, like leaving the stage. What the fuck, right? Going over to talk to AV, telling everybody to take a five minute break while we figured it out, which put this really weird pause in the beginning of my talk. It killed the momentum. It made me look unprepared and nervous, which of course I was. But had I not had that epic and embarrassing failure, I wouldn't have learned how to prepare for that happening again, which by the way, it has. So now, babe, I got a bag of tricks. I rehearse with the capacity of being able to perform without my slides. Pro tip, I bring a printed uh, backup of my slide deck with me everywhere I go. Pro tip, I travel with my own clicker and laptop so that I can use that as a confidence monitor should I lose all tech and I need my notes. Pro tip, again, that epic failure has become one of my greatest gifts because it's it's a rep and it's only made me stronger and a more prepared performer. Okay. Highly effective habit of the regretful number four, copycatting. If you want to guarantee regret and never do anything original, do this copycat, right? Now, listen, there is nothing wrong with being inspired by other people, but copying other people that's about as basic as it gets. Okay. Um, your job in this world is to take all the things you love the books you read, the the content you consume, the things that happen to you and remix them. Like basically you are a DJ, okay? Uh, A life DJ. And your job is to take all the stuff you love, all the things that inspire you and remix them by putting your spin on it, right? Uh, Let me give you an example. There are so many people out in the world talking about fear and courage, but nobody's written a book called Fear is My Homeboy. That was and is so authentically and genuinely me from the title to the color of the cover to every word I wrote inside that book. It is so me. And also, also, while I'm here, uh, improv 
isn't new, guys. Improv and the concept of yes and has been around for years, decades. But my perspective on it, from House of And and what I'm building there to the concepts I teach in my keynote, Everyday Improviser, I mean, those ideas are mine. I have taken the things that have inspired me and remixed them in my own way, which makes my work an original. So be inspired, but be brave enough to be an original. And a pro tip here, uh, the best ideas kind of happen when you take two older ideas or two ideas sort of lying dormant that have nothing to do with each other and sort of smash them together and make them make out. And then you build a business around the new idea that comes out of that makeout session, right? Like eBay uh, combined auctions with e-commerce. Cool, right? Uber combined taxis and technology. Dope. And look at Facebook. They combined internet with stalking. Freaking amazing, right? Okay, so you, you get my point here. I'm not trying to say that you need to create the next billion dollar tech company or the the next billion dollar idea to be original. But how can you take two things you love and smash them together into something new and original? Improv theater and my love of sequin, well, I welcome you to what will be the future of House of Ant. All right. Highly effective habit of the regretful number five, Rolling solo, rolling solo. Okay. So one of the first questions I ask once I fully baked a visionary idea is to say, okay, great. Who can help me? And one of the most dangerous things a creator or an entrepreneur can do, um, or any leader can do is to start with the how, right? Um, because the second you start obsessing over the how you will literally hit a brick wall in your creativity. I mean, literally, you will, you will literally cock block your creativity. There's, there, there ain't no better way to say it, right? It's a, it's a proverbial brick wall. So get yourself when you're in creation mode, when you have an idea, like take my speaker school for example, I got myself in a writer's room. I, I built an ensemble of fellow visionaries um, that that I I can call on and am calling on to help me dream up and design this big idea. And once that is cooked and ready to go into the pot to bake, then and only then am I thinking about, okay, how are we going to bake this cake? What are the ingredients needed? And who can help me stir it up, right? Um, so, so that's part one of, of this idea of rolling solo. And part two, take very seriously the idea of assembling yourself a board of directors. Like you do not have to do life and or business alone, right? Um, you know, and I write about this idea in Fear is My Homeboy, both about mentoring up and mentoring down. See, our knee-jerk reaction is to seek out people initially who are where we want to be right? They're like, oh, you know, light years ahead of us or three to five years ahead of us. And we want to get them on our team, right? Because we want to learn from them. But what about peers who are in it with us, right? What about those younger than us who keep us fresh and remind us of the excitement of, of being eager and building something new? So I recommend having one to two mentors who are where you want to go, one to two peers who are in the game with you that you can bounce ideas off of and help each other. And then one to two mentees who are younger than you, who can offer you a different perspective and who you can invest in. 
So the whole idea uh, of rolling solo is that when you roll solo, you will end up with regret because you cannot do it alone. And the good news is you don't have to. Number six, the sixth habit of highly regretful people is that they avoid no. They avoid no. Now, listen, most of us prefer a yes. Getting a no doesn't feel good. It kind of sucks. It makes you question yourself. It takes the wind out of your proverbial sails and it kind of pops the balloon, right? And, and I get it. But like, that sucks. No, no sucks. But a no, an honest no is a gift because I would rather have a no or a no right now than a yes that is bullshit. And this this really comes in handy for me when I, I negotiate my pricing for my business, right? You know, I, I have had to walk away from business, even in really tough months, because the fee was not aligned with my value and the opportunity did not feel mutually beneficial. And of course, there are going to be times, this is a pro tip, where you, you have to do things pro bono or at a different rate because there is incredible value. Um, it, it, because it feels mutually beneficial or the timing is right from a, a business development perspective. But if you only and always run your, your business that way, especially after your first couple of years, it'll be hard to stay in business, you know? So you're going to have to get comfortable with no, no, that fee is too high. No, you're not the right speaker for me. No, I can't attend your event. No, no, no. Insert no into a million different business scenarios. So remember the fundamental rule. Saying no and receiving a no, it actually protects your yeses. And when your yes is protected, the and can show up to the party because it moves you on to the next thing. All right. And last but not least, last but not least, the seventh highly effective habit of the regretful is that they are judgy. Judgy Judgenstein. They're judgy Judies. Okay. Um, okay. So here's the deal. I have a rule of thumb these days and I'm working hard on it because I think inherently as humans, like we, we're all judgmental. I mean, whoever's saying they're not is full of shit, right? It's like people who say they're not nervous to speak. I'm like, you're not nervous to speak bullshit. Like then you need to get out of the game. The second I don't get nervous, get me out of the game right? Like, get me out of the game. It means I don't give a shit, right? I, I get so nervous, right? Um, I mean, I know what to do with my nerves. I know how to channel my nerves, right? But like, same goes for judgment. I think we're human beings and, you know, we can be quick to judge and react. And so I'm really working on this, steal it, borrow it. Um, where when I first meet someone, I am trying to make sure I specifically don't trust my first instinct, right? Um, I have always been pretty intuitive. Okay. And I consider myself a bit of an empath. Okay. Here's what this means. I have been like this since I was young. This means that I feel you before I meet you. Like before I even shake your hands, like this means that I feel most people before I meet them, um, before I even shake their hand, because I am so deeply affected by someone's energy. Right. Um, now sometimes my instincts are right on the money and they, they usually are. Okay, this is a great skill I have, but sometimes they are very wrong. And if I would have reacted to those very wrong assumptions, I could have found myself in some pretty detrimental situations and I could have missed some epic friendships and business collaborations. So um, I'm going to give you another example. And this comes from the keynote speaking world, um, but I think it's something that so many of us are going to be able to relate to. And I call this my 
never trust a frown or a smile story. So I was giving a keynote and I thought I was crushing it. Like I thought I was doing good, felt high vibe. But there was this like woman in the audience who had massive resting bitch face. Okay. Like I literally was like, she hates me. She hates me. She, she completely loathes the every essence of my being. Like she might throw a book at me. Like I, I, she hates me. Okay. And then I, I was, she got in my head and I feel like it jacked up my performance and no one probably noticed it, but I did. I did not have fun. Like once I started like obsessing over her <laughs> and, and getting really judgmental about what I assumed she had going on. I mean, it ruined the fun for me up there. No doubt about it. So I get the talk, I get it done, all right? And we get done and woohoo, the talk is over and they send everybody to break. And after my talk, there's like an opportunity for people to come up front and get their books signed and take selfies and I meet people and it's so fun, right? And so right away, there's these two girls and they run up and they're like, oh my God, you're amazing. I love your outfit. Can we take selfies, the book and all the things? And I'm like, oh my God, of course. And I'm like, it just made me feel so good. And I take the selfies and then I finish with them. And I'm talking to a couple people because there's a little bit of a line and I see resting bitch face in line. And I'm like, oh shit, she's in line. Oh God. Oh God. She, she might murder me. Like what is happening here? I'm so scared. Like I got like butterflies in my stomach. I take a deep breath, talk to the few people that are ahead of her. And she walks up to me. It's her turn. And she grabs my arms and she says to me, thank you. Oh, I could cry. Thank you for that talk. I lost my son a year ago. And I have been getting in my own way. And I have stopped living my life. And he would be so pissed at me. Like, your talk is exactly what I needed. And I feel like I was meant to be in this room. And I am, I'm fucking done. I'm done with my bullshit. I'm going to start living for him. And like, thank you. Of course, she said it way better than that. But in a nutshell, the woman didn't have resting bitch face at all. She was processing a very big and powerful emotion that I was calling out in her. And that is what was happening. Now, I hug her and we do our thing. And I'm like, oh my God, that was incredible, right? So then I go to the bathroom before going up to my hotel room to change and get off to the airport. And I'm in the bathroom stall and I hear two very familiar voices. They are the girls who were first in line to selfie. And oh my God, I love your outfit. I love your book. You were amazing. Oh my God, can we take pictures? Oh my God, Instagram. They were talking shit about me. Like, talking shit about me. And I wish I could sit here and tell you that I was so badass. Like, this was five years ago. I'd probably come out of the stall now. Um, but I literally went back to grade school. I went into this like shell of myself. Um, it like makes me want to cry even thinking about it. You know, you just don't know. And so I like picked my feet up because I, of course I have hot pink fucking shoes on and I was mortified and I just froze. I like held my breath. I stopped peeing and I pulled my feet up and just hit like so that the popular girls wouldn't see me in the bathroom. And then I let them finish talking their shit. Wash the, and then I walked, and then they walked out, and then I sat there for literally what felt like a half hour was probably 10 more minutes. I needed to make sure they cleared the space. <laughs> and I was like, wow, what a lesson. What a gift. Thank you, God. I didn't cry about it, I didn't beat myself up about it. I was so grateful for it because it taught me 
one of the most important lessons, certainly of my life and definitely as a, a professional speaker, that you cannot trust a frown and you can't trust a smile. The most important person to trust is and always will be yourself. And you never want to put too much weight in other people's opinions, but you also want to be mindful of judging a scenario or a person or a facial expression or a cue because you really, truly just don't know. All right, guys, there you have it. The seven habits of highly regretful people. Number one, they procrastinate. Number two, they multitask. Number three, they avoid failure. Number four, they're, they're copycats. Number five, they roll solo. They think they have to do it alone. Uh, six, they avoid saying no. And seven, they're judgy. Judgy Judy, right? So I'd love to know from you, like, which one of these, like, what's what resonated the most with you? Where do you struggle? What do you feel like you need to work on? Where have you done a lot of work? Talk to me on the gram. Send me a DM. Let me know how this episode landed for you. And as always, I love to hear from you. So hit me up. You can email me, hello at judyholler.com. Um, and, you know, definitely, if you haven't been into iTunes and reviewed this episode or this podcast, rather. My goodness, please do it. If we have brought you any value, if I've brought you any value, your reviews mean and matter so much. Share it with someone you love. My goodness, let me know you've made a review because I'll send you some free advocate, baby. Um, and yeah, next week we're going to be back with a brand new episode. We're talking about creativity and I'm excited, like I said about this one, because we're talking about the danger of worshiping false gods and what that looks like in the creative space and certainly in entrepreneurships. And and don't forget about speaker school, baby. Uh, link in the show notes to get yourself on the wait list. So anyway, I love you. Thank you for being here. Whew. Stay brave and keep moving. We'll see you next week. <laughs>